us we've lost all that revenue because we didn't set up these yeah. things like you know we need to stop allowing like let me tell you another story yeah one of the biggest ones now the oil in turkana i feel like that's the best example for what you just trying to talk about now like yeah, yeah. what is it yeah, somebody came and you know no no no, no, no this story is the funniest thing somebody somebody left their country in europe and decided i'm going to search for oil in the world somebody came to kenya and told us we have oil we never discovered we have oil listening to the money trees network podcast and today we have a very very special episode remember we're talking about all things african business and today with my co-host jj we have two special guests over from the void podcast ray and eugene guys introduce yourselves guys hey, yes sir eugene you know all the way from the void podcast we're here to you know educate you guys we're so happy to be on here incredibly excited for this episode so yeah yes sir man carrying over our principles bringing to you guys what you need to hear what's important so super excited to be here crazy stuff coming forward big ups to the money trees for having us on here for sure so guys today's topic a general one just how the economies of african countries how it's looking hmm. Hmm. <laughs> controversy controversy um you know okay let me start by saying um especially now most economies are looking to be rebounding you know economies were knocked off their feet and if you look at the economists have this thing where they describe um economic turnaround using shapes so we have the j shape we have the u shape we have the w shape um there's one thing which i'm seeing right now is the k shape so you know the u the u and the and the w are pretty self explanatory we have the big down and then a loop back up the w is down up down then back up but the k the k is a very scary one because we have the big drop down and then we have on the move back up we have the top 1% of the economy having their economic status boom while the rest of the economy goes the other way and that's what we call a k that mm. is crazy and that without with um i mean some of the eco- economic policies on the continent right now are a bit are a bit weird to be honest they're a bit frankly they're a bit too weird and they will not account for any of this in their thinking and what's going to happen is that we're going to have a very divided economy more than it is right now i mean the rich getting extremely richer while everybody yeah. gets you know regularly poorer so yeah i think also even outside africa if you look at the us since the beginning of the pandemic stocks of tesla and apple skyrocketing you know and people's net worth along that yeah elon musk 80 84 billion 80 4 billion in another year that guy has moved like 60 billion, billion in a year you know it moved 60 billion in the period of the period he's moved yo it's big madness. respect to whatever madness. he's done i mean he deserves all that because that man is changing the world true no true. cap but at the expense of the who the other 90% i mean their shares are skyrocketing yes and of course his employees are getting rich with him because you know they own up they own shares too but people people are suffering man guys 
I mean, the deadlock there with no um, stimulus, not yet, mm-hmm. after the first one was approved. Guys are suffering, man. Mm-hmm. It's true, yeah, yeah. it's true, it's true. But like the same issues now, like long-standing challenges, they're still there. And like World Bank will tell you this, World Bank Africa, whatever you look, like the whole thing about public debt rising and people, the availability of jobs, it's, it's really not keeping up with the pace of people that are entering the job market. So one of the reasons I'm not for careers and everything is because of the uncertainty you get. I seriously feel like it's more uncertain going into the current job field than like starting a business, the risk that you have because like the amount of people coming out of let's say university or wherever and heading into the job field um, is not, it's not keeping up to it. So of course, New businesses are starting, but not at the pace at which is needed to keep people employed. So you see a lot of unemployment, high employment rates, and like same stuff. So gender gaps persisting. Um, it's keeping the continent from reaching its full growth. Um, and then now, like you look at the opportunities that we have as a continent. I don't know. To you guys, you can tell me if you think it's different, but the whole thing of us developing to where we want to reach. Of course, it's hinged on us exploiting our natural resources or at least taking back a bit of what has been, um, you know, expatriated. So companies coming in, getting resources and then taking them back to their home countries for the profits. Um, Because, I mean, obviously you guys know that Africa has some of the world's largest reserves of stuff like minerals, Precious stones, metals, and then agriculture. Agriculture should be booming in Africa, but then farmers yeah. are some of the poorest people. That's that's what it's talking about. It's true. Mm-hmm. To add on that, one thing, like if you look, what they always say is that we don't do agri business. What we do is farming. We don't do agri business. We don't do agri business. Because if you look at the US, I mean, let's take a rough statistic because I know it's really low. They use about 3 to 7% of their land, something around there. And they're mm-hmm. like the top producer of wheat and soybeans in, in the world. Know, just before in China. The world. And they use 3% of their land. Us, with the, you know, what the, I think second biggest continent on the, in the world and our young labor force, we don't even mind. I mean, if you look at agri- Africa's contribution to agriculture it's so minimal you'll wonder if these guys they're even people who eat food on this continent you know <laughs> it's a bit weird dude <laughs> that's true i also think as africans it's ingrained in our mind the service industry when people want to start businesses and all that they don't focus on manufacturing and and agribusiness and all that they just want to be in the service industry all the time and i think if we want to develop we need to get industries like from the ground up Mm-hmm. We need to we need to sell stuff, not ideas. We need to start making things. Mm-hmm. We need to start making things. Yeah, we yeah. can't just yeah, produce yeah, 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 produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't just get our coffee and we don't process it. It's yeah. processed outside. It's going to make the jump from um pre-industrial to post-industrial without in realizing you have there's no way you skip a whole industrialization. Exactly. I mm-hmm. mean the biggest events in the world have been based around these industrializations. You know, there's no economy if you look at it right now, even the ones that are, you know, people like to look at a service-based economy, like in a Sweden and these other places. They used to be places of iron. I mean, Norway used to be a really big producer of oil. You know? Yeah. And, and 
what you don't understand is that Africa, we have so much resources. What is so weird is that um, somebody will come and take our cocoa beans, export it to his country, mash them Send up, and extract us as powder. How? How? And us will buy it willingly instead of wondering why can't we do that here? Mm. Like, I don't see what the barrier to entry is on that. Like, and you know, this is how you shape economies. I mean, the biggest economies in the world, they were, they were made through industrialization. You guys know a guy called Andre Carnegie. Of course. Yeah, Andrew Carnegie. I of talk course. I talk about him a lot because that guy is one of the epitomes of proper business. That guy, if you guys yeah, don't know who he yeah. is, he was probably one of the richest men in the world right now. He'll be like three hundred billion dollars with you know in today's net worth. So basically what he did was when the American uh country was industrializing, he he helped build railways and stuff and, you know, just produce steel. So what he did, he owned the company that melt that, you know, got the steel, the company that melted the steel, the company that laid the tracks, and the company the that railway. the railway. So that guy became his his verticals were even illegal, I swear. But that's mm. what happens when when you allow when industrialization happens. And because of him, our whole country was connected, which brought on new types of businesses, new ways to communicate. Nee, nee, nee. And that's what we need to do to get, you know, Africa starting to move again and stuff. I mean, at one point, as the Chinese have shown us, if you use your population to your advantage, you'll win. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. What we're talking about is um, China now. Um, if any of you have ever gone to Masai Mara, of course, when you're stopping at those gates to pay the fees and whatever, um, that's another story. But like the fees, when those ladies come up to your van, offer to sell you those nice bracelets, necklace, shoes, whatever you want to buy. Um, you know, in the past, they used to collect the beads from the riverbank or wherever they would get them and then poke the holes in them to thread the needle. Um, but nowadays, you ask them where they get them from, they actually can't tell you because they purchase like the beads themselves. They're manufactured in China. They're brought over here. And then the suppliers sell them to the Maasai ladies who go through and they like they make this stuff and sell them back as finished products. But then the fact that something so Kenyan, I would say, like so oh, African. Exactly. It's it's been overrun by the Chinese. And I'm not saying something. It's, it's it's a good business. You have to look at it from that perspective as well. But um, it just shows how deeply um, Chinese manufacturing has been brought into Africa and Kenya as an economy. Um, now, what I'm saying is that China's time as a manufacturer is coming to an end. Who's going to be the next big manufacturer? You know, I think Vietnam started to boom a bit more. Mm. But we need to look at Africa as the future manufacturing hub. And that's, that's an angle a lot of people aren't taking. Mm-hmm. If we set up ourselves to manufacture everything, imagine made in Africa. No, dude. Because the Chinese time is coming to an end, you know. I mean, they're, they're suffering from, you know, fruits of their own labor. Um, <laughs> suffering from economies of scale because, you know, as, a, as, a, as an economy gets more educated, the minimum wage has to go up and there's some things yeah. you can't afford to compete on anymore. And that's what's mm-hmm. currently happening. So the next 10, 20 years, if Africa is set up as a manufacturing hub, somebody has lost the whole plot. And of course, like the factors, the factors that made China such a great success in the manufacturing industry, if you just try to list a few of them off, of course, a large labor force, as we talked about, the amount of people entering the job market are not enough. I mean, like the amount of positions in the job market aren't enough to cover all the people entering. So we have the available labor. We will have a lot of unemployment people. And then 
we have a lot of land. Um, there's a there's quite a bit of land that's uh unused right now. So if you look at places like maybe Kajiado, there's a lot of empty space. Um, and then of course government land all around. Even if it's in like Turkana or something, there's a lot of areas that could be set up as manufacturing hubs. Zones. And yeah, and we have like a great port, Mombasa. Um, once it's cleared up from all those issues that it has right now but you clear it up it can connect you all the way from south africa um it's it's a global port basically yeah, really yeah, at a know, good we position should be on that we should be yeah on that. somebody should definitely somebody but they, uh-huh. of late i've been seeing how kenya's neighbors have been emerging uh-huh. trying to cut us <laughs> off really They've been trying to cut us off the, the supply uh-huh. chain. Have you seen um of late Uganda and Tanzania? Mm. They've made a pact. They there was a pipeline that was supposed to be built a few years yeah, ago yeah, yeah. that was to pass through Kenya. Mm-hmm. But then Museveni he got pissed because it was too expensive because the price was inflated by Kenya. So the same pipeline has been made through Tanzania, cutting off Kenya completely off that plant for a much cheaper price. No, you look you look at this even closer okay. to home uh, uh-huh. if you guys know the the gtc <laughs> the I, yeah, yeah. No, 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 we cannot be told. Please go. His name is Ray Swiftly jumping over that one. Um, the issue of people going for personal growth rather than you know growing the economy and everything um it's, it's crazy because guys don't understand that once you grow the economy of kenya that 200 million kenya shillings you would have gotten possibly um put that in or rather times. leave it where it's supposed to be <laughs> it can grow to like 100 times what it's worth get 200 200 million dollars out of it so um infrastructure wise yeah, um one railway line let's say we take something simple a railway line exactly. um, that would be constructed for however much the revenue that you would expect from that instead of it instead of it being like possibly taken or lost along the pathways here and there you can let that be there and like the railway line tanzania or uganda was expecting instead of us being cut out from it now we would have had so much revenue especially because that's now going to be connected to of course central africa and of course the rest of africa as a continent that's a massively opportunity the thing is um what also people don't realize is countries countries rarely grow on their own you need to create regions you know the biggest economies in the world literally the country the, the region is either one country or it's an economic block the usa is literally one country it's one huge country that's the biggest consumer country in the world look at china China is basically one big country, but just of all, look at the you got Europe. Europe is basically one big country because Europe yeah, was formed yeah, tinier yeah, yeah. countries that realized we're stronger together. You know, and that's the why European like, Union. Kenya right now is the biggest economy, and we're very. And the good thing is that probably for a long time we probably will just because of the uh, the currencies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we if like if we never lost that 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 uh, pi- pipeline. You know, I was seeing they're doing an electric train in Tanzania. I'm like, wow. Electric train. 
electric yeah. train. I remember guys say this is yeah. not possible, you know. Yeah. But and my friends are going to Tanzania more and more often, and they're like, "Wow, this is like a lot of." If Kenya is not careful, they're going to lose a lot of its. Like, you already <laughs> exactly. lost so many smart minds exactly. to other countries, and if you lose the smartest people, and you and you and you, if you lose the smartest people in your country, that's you're it. done. You're done. You're, you basically have um, a situation of. Um, um, dumb leads dumb. That's it. You know, if you lose your oh, yeah, the smartest minds will always realize this. If you go somewhere where that's a po- like, ah, I don't, like, I don't even want to get into that topic. You just get so <laughs> avoid, avoid, even, man, but like the even not just people don't bet. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm saying even not just Kenya. Like as Africa as a whole, the way the other continents are so integrated together. From immigration to economic monetary policies, it's all connected. And I think exactly. if we really focused on the African Union and we like made it a real thing, because right now I've not seen its impact anywhere. But if it actually yeah, I feel like there, was any, so, there was an attempt at it, yeah, with the yeah. Was it, East Africa, yeah. No, there was a thing with the Afro. You don't like about the Afro. Currents. <laughs> <The laughs> literally going to be called the Afro. <laughs> Google, Google the story of the Afro. You guys, it. <laughs> it's so weird, but you guys Google that story. Um, but I think they've tried it in East Africa, especially. The good thing is, with that passport, you can literally go Tanzania, Uganda. You know, your yeah, and they need cool. that for the whole continent because once they realize that. You know, you can grow so much faster. And the one thing which always kills me when I look at the numbers for intra-African trade, I get so disappointed. You even start yeah. wondering. People are country, so eager to trade to like Pakistan. People exactly. are eager to trade tea to Pakistan. People are eager to trade rice from Pakistan as well. People are selling coffee to UK or whatever, but they're not they looking to the local people because they might be someone. Nobody want to say, Ati, oh, let me grow this and grow it in Uganda. They're always like, nah, 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 Netherlands, Netherlands. Bro, okay, I guess the consumer market has developed, but there's more opportunity in a developing economy exactly than a developed economy. Because I mean, your revenue, the, what, like if you look at it from a revenue standpoint, yeah, mm-hmm. today in, let's say in Netherlands where it's fully developed, you'll probably always get $25 per kg for whatever you grow. In Africa, you might get $5 per kg because, you know, income and everything else but that's today yeah. you give it 10 20 years as people are evolving that five dollars becomes ten dollars twenty dollars 25 and there's no maybe, room for maybe. the growth for that in the netherlands because exactly. they're really capped at their growth and then we have the volume you know if you move that five dollars instead of you know you're having one twenty five dollar sale you can have a hundred five dollar sales volume 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 true exactly. true 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 hmm. makes a lot of sense actually and to me now um Something that I don't understand is like why people don't look at what investors are doing because investors, as always, are some of the greatest indicators as to the strength of an economy because people people will go with what they feel because you don't know where it's going to be. There's not going into trading a bit, but people will always buy and sell an economy or in this case, the currency, depending on where they think it's going to go. So if an investor is speculating, that the economy is going to go down. Of course, they're going to start moving their investments out of that country. So if, for example, Apple had its manufacturing operation in China right now, and they see that, okay, um, it's a bit unstable politically, 
uh, there's a bit of unrest here and there. They're going to start moving their manufacturing operations out of China, maybe move to Vietnam, as Eugene said. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So in, in Kenya now, you don't see a lot of people, or at least you might not see as many people bringing in their investments, or maybe like they're going to Tanzania or wherever, because you don't, you don't place bets on a leg, on a horse with a broken leg. So like those early warning signs, people should take them a bit more seriously because yeah, yeah, once yeah, the economy yeah. of Kenya fails, it's it's a bad sign for Africa as a whole, I would say, because yeah, Kenya, giant, as like, much as it's as much as it's not, yeah, as much as it's you know, there's always these weird reports. You know, the economy always <laughs> grows and it grows with crazy speed to seven, eight percent. Eight percent is crazy. Eight percent. Was the time yeah. it was number one for like a month or two, it was like the fastest growing in the world. And what, right what now, is the fastest growing idea? Right now, I don't know. Um, but you guys, let me give you guys an interesting fact. You know, this is this country, is it Namibia? You know, and it's Namibia, North Africa. Mm-hmm. No, 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 there's a country in North Africa. There's a country in North Africa that produces 90% of France's electricity. That, that's a country. What? Is it Algeria? Could be Algeria. One of no, no, not Algeria. I was being told about it. Um, not Morocco. It has it has the second biggest you uranium deposit. Can in you the guys world. Guess, guess the price of yes. titanium? Yes. What titanium? It's, is yes. it pending oh, or something? Kilo. Second biggest titanium. Thirty dollars. per pound? Titanium used to go um, for. There's a place where it is, but anyway, um, somewhere in North Africa, it's the whole of France. Per, I think they export it to that kilo. kilo. Very good. I was reading a documentary on how a whole company, the US spent. Okay, they have the second place. No, that's a company that's exploiting titanium just for planes. Natural resources, exactly. That is that now the ethics, you know, because apparently the whole city over there, what I was seeing is that radiation poisoning. It's a company that does this. export titanium from Kenya. Obviously, one of the biggest ones now, the oil in Turkan. I feel like that's the best example for what Eugene's trying to talk about now. Like, yeah, yeah. What was it? Yeah, yeah, somebody came and you know, no, 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 no. This story is the funniest thing. Somebody, somebody left their country in Europe and decided I'm going to search for oil in the world. Somebody came to Kenya and told us we have oil. We never discovered we have oil. And they got rights to mine it for how long was it? Ten years. You, you guys have oil, dude. Can I? Then we're like, can I mine it? Then you're like, ah, oh, okay, we don't really mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, for like, ten years. For ten years. We need to start exploiting our own resources. Like I keep saying, for example. Um, we should start processing this aluminium and exporting it finished. We need to start, ex- I mean, copper. You know, there's a place in China where 90% of electronics are made. Why you buy? Yanni, there's a place in China that that sells more copper than Africa and they don't have any copper. Why? Because that's they don't they have any copper. copper. That's the broker for <laughs> copper. Yanni, the broker is not in Africa. The broker is in another country. Broker doesn't know what a mine looks like. The broker doesn't know how cop- how even copper is mined. He just, he just knows I just yeah, know yeah, how to sell some, something. Like that, so I imagine if we take over the process of refining this copper and selling it as a finished yeah, product. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're controlling the supply chain. Yeah. You know, guys are having ideas. Chain. Yeah, guys are having ideas. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. True, 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 true. Guys are having ideas of 
setting up oil refineries at the coast and everything. And I've talked to a couple of my friends about this as a possibility, but the only thing with that is now the world as a whole, because of various reasons from um, cost efficiency to like um, ethics and environmental consciousness, it's phasing out the use of oil as the years go by. So the plan is for major, major countries, uh, like focusing on the UK, US possibly, depending on who's elected in the upcoming elections, of course. Um, the plan is to phase out completely now um, the use of fossil fuels um, to stop the world's global temperatures from rising by 3%, because 3% will cause irreversible, da irreversible damage um, to our climate and everything. So um, oil is not the way to go. So that's why you see some of these tech giants like Tesla pioneers in electronic transportation. Um, they are coming up with crazy things like electric semi-trucks. Um, trucks basically need torque. So managing to like harvest that much torque from a battery, it's innovation, it's innovation. And um, some of the greatest minds are born in Africa. That's true. But yeah, yeah. again, now with the whole idea of high quality education, shifting people to the UK or wherever you decide to go, no one really talks about staying for education or rather you know working in those high-tech industries in africa because the opportunity isn't largely available here um there is some but it's quite rare to find like i don't know what nuclear engineering or something along those lines yeah. here in kenya yeah. i would say it's difficult to find that so it it's 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 short it shuts out the option for people who would want to do that you know to build up the country or whatever but in terms of the energy sector, the way it's going is definitely phasing out oil. So even by the time Kenya is allowed to profit from the oil mines, there won't be an opportunity for them anymore. Actually, yeah, dude. Uh -huh. what I what I like about Kenya, most of our electricity is, is renewable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think that's very, very I saw somewhere, I think we're the third third largest economy that's powered by renewable energy. Around 65% yeah, of our energy like is renewable. Records for geothermal. We the, have records for geothermal yeah. power, which is very good. I like the renewables. So in fact, if you're energy sector, right now, if you can just find a way to store the energy. So if it's, like you see what they've done in Australia um, with the Tesla, you know, battery, like a whole battery pack powers a country. Like a so they build a really what? big one and then from like solar energy, you know the way you get solar energy though? So it stores the power there and then when it's needed, uh -huh. it's attached to the grid. Oh. You guys, so in case of a blackout, you get power doesn't even disappear. Like the switch is so fast. <laughs> you know the way that the power goes, you give it like five seconds, power kicks in, there's no cut. It's like nothing ever happened. So it's actually really dope. Um, Somebody can even do something oh. like that. But anyway, the thing Ray was saying, the opportunities which people are looking for, now is the time. Now is now like, the economy is not starting to wake yeah. up and people are to, you know, the good thing is that most people born in Africa now are hitting 18, which means industry is coming. Industry is coming, education is coming, True. and opportunity. Most importantly, is opportunity. So if you're listening yeah. to this opportunity, if you want to get into these manufacturing positions I've mentioned, set it up now. It might cost, you know, let me tell you, what people are scared of is, is loans, debt. Let me tell Debt. you, Mr. Mr. Carnegie, the guy we talked about right now, started his business on a loan. He went to the bank, used a security, got a $10,000 loan that time. That time, $10,000 was like a billion. Massive. That it's time, massive. it was like a billion. That guy got a loan, massive. started his company. Paid off. And if you run your company properly and efficiently, you'll repay your loan and the profits will be crazy. Honestly. So, 
So don't, don't be saying, at me, oh, I don't have money to start this. Put the proposal in, go to the bank, ask all the banks. If all the banks say no, then you're done. But if you're not, go, not going to every single bank, then you've not done anything. Hey, yo, if you haven't, go go and read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, man. Debt is your friend if you use it smartly. Don't, don't, never use debt to buy something, you know, uh, what is it, a liability, I would say. Like a car, unless you want to be an Uber driver or whatever, but debts in terms of buying something like a house, you rent it out real quick, pay back your debts. It's very, very, it's very efficient. It can work wonders for you. Um, sure. And like setting up your opportunities, as we said in our other podcast, changes usually happen generationally uh, most of the time. And so yeah. the people who have grown up seeing um, where the economy is shifting to, or at least the people who have been made aware of it um they're starting to see the opportunities that are arising in the change because of course it's hard to sleep oh wait what it's hard to teach a sleeping <laughs> dog new tricks or something but now i know i didn't like english but basically the older generations would, wouldn't want to like hop on these new opportunities that are arising but us as a waking generation um it's up to us it's, it's up to us to capitalize off of all the new stuff that's coming up like tesla tesla is one of the best times innovation i would i would say personally in my opinion because um i don't know if if they had started yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I think they usually do magic that's what i usually say tesla does magic tesla does magic tesla. because i mean you know not even when is today you give people seven years ago you tell somebody there'll be an electric car doing 500, 600 KMs. They'll have told you you're laughing. They'll an electric semi truck. So you tell them, even there's an electric <laughs> semi truck. You tell them there's an electric SUV. You tell them, they will have said, that is it. That is, oh, it'll just laugh you out the room. But you know what? You know, usually guys usually say, look at the time span of 20, 30 years. We're looking at a seven year span. Seven. Those guys have innovated and they'll keep. And those guys, if I could get a job there, cool. I'll definitely, me, I'll apply for a job at Tesla. No cap. Because they're so probably, shares, by the probably way. excited. Yeah. Yes, properly. And I remember yeah. a while back, I, I bought, let me tell you, I bought Tesla stock last year, December, when it was at 70, well, you know, was it 70 something dollars around there? I bought three Bank shares. Room. I took three shares. Oof. Sold it off for a thousand. Crazy, crazy, crazy. The thing is, I was telling guys that time, because that time guys were like, oh, Tesla is going to, you know, close the company. And I was telling you guys, look at the long-term potential. The Tesla is just high. A company yeah. that's, you know, you know, the funny thing is that, we're going to reach an age in time where owning a car will be like, Aish, boss, you're, in, you're still in 1901. No, 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 we don't own cars <laughs> now. You know, it just be an on, like, owning a car will be so weird. So, and if you're, mm. and if you're owning a car, it's electric. You know, at the engine, you will be left out the room. There's no broom broom, nigga. There's no broom broom. If you ain't got this, you know, having a test will be like having a phone. You get yeah. There's some brands you just can't have. Yeah, yes. you see, you see, you see, big like industry titans like Ford, fast, fast cars, Model T. They're switching to electric now. They're trying to compete. Ford Mustang it has electric sports cars. Even stuff like what Fiat is making electric vehicles. So once you see that shift, innovators and most importantly investors, they're shifting their mindsets to now look at. Okay, we have to acknowledge that the petrol age is over. Sadly. As much as we love seeing W16 engines, it's not a viable option for the future anymore. So exactly. you shift your focus you now to what's happening in the real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the good thing, the time is now. I read somewhere 
recently in Kenya, over 50% of the people weren't present during Moi's presidency. What? No. That is a crazy statistic. Over 50% of the Kenyan demographic never experienced the Moi's presidency. So when they tell Moi's stories, there's nobody who can relate. Like, there's a one in... There's a there's a 50% chance that if you tell a story in a room, 50% of the people will not know what you're talking about. One in two. Oh my gosh. That's that, that is dope. That is now actually think of that generation is. going into the future, what they're gonna find. Like someone who's being born 2020 during all of this, once they turn 18, um, what do you think is gonna be there for them now in the world? Like the way us we look to buy our first car as I don't know, Mercedes C class with this nice AMG engine, whatever. Do you think anybody coming into the world right now is gonna find petrol cars? Is gonna find I don't know Never. some of the stuff we take as the usual. Twenty nowadays. years from now, twenty years from now is let's say twenty forty. Twenty forty, if the economies have actually moved the way I expect them to move. I'm not seeing anybody. I'm seeing it. The way people are saying Tesla, Tesla or electric cars will be in Africa. But if the economy is moved the way they're supposed to yeah. I mean, if you look at China, the way it's, the way it's shifted in the span of... Is that, is that, is that not even 30 years. There was that 10-year span between 2000 and now. Between 2000 and 2010, when these guys were industrializing like crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. You know, people never had cars suddenly AMGs on the road. <laughs> no, no, 2001 AMGs in 2001, dude. So, you know, if the economies move, they were supposed to move in Africa, it does become the next industrializing continent. Dude, in the next 20 years, you'll just be seeing a Tesla and be like, hey, no big deal. You know, everybody has a Tesla. I expect your children now to be saying, hey, yo, me, I want to get that Tesla. Or me, I want to get that yeah. electric car. You know? Exactly. Or, or, or yeah. even, okay, no, that's a much longer term outlook, actually. So, for me, but then all, all it takes is yeah, one yeah. started, man. Even if it's Eugene pulling up to the office to at the new brand new charging station he built this Tesla. Me and Eugene are talking about it. We just said we have to have Teslas. I, whether we have to build our own charging stations, get our own light, whatever whatever we have to do, it has to be done for sure. So um, all it takes is one to start it off. There's always the first person. Yeah. And I think this this twenty twenty decade is going to be so decisive especially with the industrial revolution that's happening around the world. I think like 80% of the careers we have in 2030 don't exist right now. Mm. Things are going. Uh, you know, you have to be planning for the Right now, but this is what Ray has been saying, 2020 is the year of setups. You have to position yourself on a yeah. longer-term outlook. You know, let me tell you one thing. Investors aren't panicking right now. They don't even think the news on the stock market. Oh, it's falling. Oh, it's falling. The investors are just chilling. Because then they have a 30 outlook. They know now the stock is crashing good. I'm going to buy so much at a low price. And that's why the stock market has been. You get through all this, guys have gained billions. People, investors now know this is the perfect time to enter. Like if they're looking for a perfect market entry, there's no better time than this. Because they're saying in 30 years, look, this is going to be the reality. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's now this another, just onto the topic now of um, stocks. Where mm. are the African stocks at? You know? The NSC is not as exciting as the NASDAQ. (laughs) But we have M-Pesa. Yeah, M-Pesa. That stock should be, you know, 
Is there anything exciting? Mm. I mean, the exciting companies, I guess. I don't know why Ju- hey, Jumia went public and failed designing in Jumia was not even African. In, Jumia in is Nigeria. Ama? Jumia, Jumia is, it operates in Africa, but it's not African in any way. Oh. I mean, if their headquarters are in Spain, they are listed in what? The Nasdaq. Yeah, and yeah, not yeah. even an African exchange. I feel like that was that was that was so annoying. How can you operate in Africa and you're not even in an African exchange? You know the thing in okay, but that doesn't I mean, yeah, you know stock markets only kick when people have money. I mean That's people now in Kenya are is like they, they aren't very open to the idea of investing in African stock. Like people would be much more like they'll, they'll they'll go and invest in Apple, Nike, whatever. That's not bad if it goes with your investment plan. Go for it, by all means. But people will much rather go invest in those than invest in something like Safcom stock. No, but it's because of the Mm-hmm. You know the way like those economies already advanced. There are more there are more rich people in those economies than more. Like most people have money, you know. Mm-hmm. So most people, what they worry about there is relative poverty, not objective poverty yet. So now in Africa, the thing yeah. is that we haven't matured to a point where we actually have enough liquidity amongst ourselves to make these stocks exciting. But it's coming. If you look at the time, like let's get JP Morgan. These guys who brought the proper financial system. Financial systems are around 100 years old. The, that Nasdaq thing around there, yeah? Mm-hmm. He brought it in at the time mm-hmm. when America was industrializing. So guess we're getting money. And that's what's coming. And that's what's going to make this African exchange very exciting. But if you look at it, Africa needs one big exchange. Because if you look at the biggest exchanges in the world, the size of the regions they cover are crazy. Look at the N1. I mean, the New York Stock Exchange covers a whole America. America is huge. America is basically a continent on its own. Look at the one in um, London. London covers basically the whole of Europe. Mm. Yeah, that's where the stock exchanges are listed there. Like each country probably has its own. But then those ones, the way people, when they talk about the North American um, stock exchange, they mostly say America or Asian is mostly Tokyo uh, and like Australian. You have the European one is mostly London because those are the centralized financial centers. And the way I'm seeing it, Kenya is seriously geared to be in a position to be the financial headquarter of East Africa, possibly um, Eastern Central Africa as a whole. So we're in the right position. 2020 is the year of setups. Hopefully, um, you know, maybe the government has set us up to be in that position. But um, the future holds such great promise for Africa. There's nothing but growth unless, as I've said, um, there's no change. Because with no change, you can't see growth in any economy. That's a fact. Um, but yeah, True. the financial mm-hmm. prospect of Africa—it's looking promising. It's looking promising. I mean, there's so much potential yeah. for growth, but the question is where there there haven't been any meaningful steps towards setting ourselves up for that, um, you know, growth. Because you know, you look at industries and we've let some industries collapse. You know, to let the whole industry collapse is like letting up, is like dropping a baby on its head. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. People are fighting over BBI and whatever. And industries are colossal. Industries only die because of two reasons. One, the industry becomes defunct and no longer needed because the society has advanced to a point where it's not needed. Or two, a world war happens. <laughs> None of that ever happened. We just saw big industries collapse. And you know, that's one thing. If you, 
that's one thing that deters investors. If investors see an economy collapse uh, at an economy, uh, in an industry, yeah, industry an collapse. Industry. I mean, industry, and at that time, that industry was so well poised for growth. Um, and you know, if you look even in Nigeria, where they even there's no power, everybody used to, there's a time they used to buy everybody used to have a generator because the in the energy industry collapsed. How can you let energy mm. collapse? Do you know, <laughs> you, you, you manufacture oil. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand, bro? Madness. Like somebody needs to explain to me how you let an entire energy, Ele- not even <laughs> energy, you let people, you let guys buy generators. Hey, boss. <laughs> oh, anyway, it is what it is. This has been a really good conversation, man. Really insightful. We definitely need to continue it. Um. On the void, I know. Yeah, hey, sure. we've talked, we've talked, we've talked, but we've really yeah, spoken. We've talked. Hmm. We should carry this forward for sure, man. On the void next week. Yeah, guys. So, yeah, I think that was that was proper. What? Proper. Yeah, that, hey, that was lit. Yeah, for everyone that's on here, man. We hope, we hope, we hope you've taken something away, especially the people we know that we're talking to. You know, the upcoming generation. It's up to us to set ourselves up to be at the forefront of the upcoming economic change. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Hi right, guys, thank you for joining us here. Really lovely having JJ and Edgar really take us through this. It's been a great experience. We'll catch you on the recording next week on Void, where we carry this forward, talking more about the African economy and where we expect it to be. Um, but thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the support we've shown. Um, yeah, catch you next time, guys. Yeah, peace out. Yeah, and I think that was a good uh, conclusion for this wonderful conversation we've had. Thanks to Eugene and Ray for coming over. And uh, if you haven't checked out their podcast, I think you really should. It's very, very informative. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, yeah, man. We'll carry this on next week on their podcast. Right, so thanks guys. guys for for this episode five you know five episodes this is our fifth one so thanks for everyone who's tuned into episode four and if this is your first time thank you for tuning in and check out the other episodes as well uh thank you and uh, have a great day